welcome to the Glass City Church podcast. It's the Glass City Church podcast. Jeff, you're looking very nice today. I like your, uh, what is that, pink? It's, that it's a, like a pastel motif going on. Yeah. yeah what, I, uh, what's a motif? Okay, that's not, no, no. No, seriously, what is a motif? No, know, I'm seriously. not. I won't, I won't do it right now. Okay. I, um, I was, yeah, I was at a funeral home earlier uh, working with a family, doing their funeral tomorrow morning. So I wanted to look halfway presentable. And like when I walk into these, because these, I have tattoos yeah, on my yeah. arms, and whenever I walk into something where I don't know the person and I don't know, because I don't, I don't want anything to offend them, yeah. you know, because like I'm there to, to comfort them. I'm there to serve their family. I'm there to bring the hope of the gospel into a place where it may or may not necessarily exist. Um, and, um, and so I don't want anything visually about me or, you know, whatever to, to offend them to where they will not hear what I have to say. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so like, I, I went home after I, I did some, some work this morning and, and changed cause I was wearing a short sleeve shirt and like, I'm very, I don't know, maybe I'm too, um, sensitive to that, but, but at the same time, um, I just don't want anything, uh, to come between, uh, their, their hearing the gospel. And so if they're going to be like, Oh, this guy's weird looking. You know, I don't, I'm not well, going to take him seriously. I mean, well, I am, I mean, I am a little weird looking, but. You only do so much about that. It's true. It's true. But at least, at least I can do everything that I can try to do in yeah. order to not unduly offend somebody or, or make them not take me seriously because I want them to, to take my word seriously when I tell them about Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. And actually that plays in. Oh, I oh, totally did that on purpose. I know you did. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was on, it was on the spot. Yeah, no, it was good. But it yeah. felt like, I just felt the, the prompting. To uh, to just go ahead and uh, and and serve it up on a silver platter for you there, buddy. Thank you. You're welcome. It's uh, much appreciated. That's right. the The topic of of today. Are you ready for that, Jeff? The topic of today. Well, the topic of this. today's topic. Today's. I like the way I said that. You like the topic of today better? Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Anyways, uh, should Christians be offensive? If true, how so? Okay. No. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. I mean, we shouldn't be offensive. The gospel is offensive enough as it is. We talked about it yesterday that um, you walking into a, a world, you know, Jesus in our, in our text, where we were in John 15, 18 through 27, where he, where he says the world's going to hate you, right? Uh, because of me, yeah, essentially. And so um, we're, we're walking into a world that is hostile to the gospel and whatever whatever presence we bring with us you know whether it's we're trying to if we're trying to exalt ourselves or we're trying to exalt Christ because it's not you know being a Christian doesn't automatically assume that you're not also going to be a goofball uh, or or to be self-glorifying or to be judgmental or to be self-righteous or, or any of the arrogant whatever um, we don't so we don't we don't we're not called to offend with anything other than the gospel mm. um, Jesus didn't unduly offend anybody you know I mean he called out sin. Uh, he's also God, <laughs> um, and uh, but he only did that with the people who 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 said that they didn't need him, and and they yeah. were very proud and very uh, self sufficient. Uh, and he, even that was loving because it is so unloving to see somebody who is on the on their way to hell, mm-hmm. um, believing falsely, um, trusting in things that will never um, bring about any sort of of salvific anything. Um, it's 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 unloving to to not address that yeah right but but at the same time you don't you don't go in like you know both barrels blazing as my dad used to say uh probably still does but i don't live with him um and uh and 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 cause undue offense right off the bat because like we said you know as i forget who said it but someone said they're going to choke on the gospel don't don't let them choke on anything on their way to choking on the gospel yeah so yeah, we're we're going to be offensive in the way that we bring hope and truth into into a world that hates Jesus. Oh yeah, but that does not uh, that that there's 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 wounds. You know, I talked about it yesterday. There's wounds from the enemy, and then there's wounds, self inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. That you know, if we're if we're just you know really bad at loving people, um, and people respond to us being bad at loving them, that's a self inflicted wound yeah. because because we just blew it and. Uh, you know, the Lord gives us opportunities every day, and, and man, um, we, we need to make the most of those because we never know if we're ever going to see these people again. Yeah. So so to answer your question, um, no, we're not, we're not supposed to be offensive in and of ourselves, yeah. but our message will be offensive, and we need to be okay with that. Yeah. 
And I think you you see that a lot, especially on social media and on Facebook and, and things of that nature, um, where there's this idea, and Martin Luther said it back in the day, uh, that peace if possible, the idea of the peace if possible, um, truth at all costs. Sure. And I think that in a lot of ways we, uh, for those who know that quote right. um, and kind of adhere to it, um, they can take it and, and twist it to truth all the time, no peace all, at all. Well, yeah, um, the same way that people take, you know, preach the gospel, always use words when necessary. Yeah. And, and make that ever mean anything other than words are always necessary. Yeah. Because I can buy you a pizza, but you're not going to understand the gospel because I spelled out Jesus and pepperonis. <laughs> like, it's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, today even, I was even thinking about this before we started recording. Um, um, we were having our first floor of our house painted. Yeah. And uh, it was, a, it was a, a wonderful Christmas gift. We couldn't afford it ourselves. But, um, and the woman who came, we actually had her out like uh, sometime last year uh, just to get an estimate. And she's awesome. And if anyone needs their house painted, I would totally give you her number. Uh, but she's pretty obviously uh, living a homosexual lifestyle. Yeah. And she is so fun. Like we had, we had great, we were talking about all kinds of, She's like, what do you do? You know, because I was coming home from from chaplain rounds and getting ready to go to the funeral home. And she's like, what do you do for a living? And, and I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor and, you know, I'm a chaplain and and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but I don't do the normal funeral. Like, you know, there was one time I had to learn Frank Sinatra's My Way on the guitar and sing it at a funeral. And then that family called me back the next week when someone else died. And like, you know, all these things. She's like, oh, I went to a funeral once when uh, they played a... Uh, uh, Lady Marmalade. Who was that that sang that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Patti LaBelle. And my wife's like, you're so old because you know that. And, uh, but we just had this great conversation where like we, j- I just wanted to be friends with her. Yeah. You know, um, same with the, the, the story I told on Sunday about, about the minute I, the minute I told a, a guy that I had just met uh, that I was a pastor and he was there with his partner and he said, Oh well, yeah, we used to go to church, but they tried to get my, my partner here to, to pray the gay away. And I'm like, man, that is such a bummer. Yeah. Like that is so like like I want our church to be a church where anybody can walk in, and we're not going to like shun them away. You know, it's yeah. like be, oh, it, man. I, I was actually I was thinking all about this today when I was driving back and forth, uh, about an hour and a half commute to to Lima once a week, and I was thinking about just what it would be. And this is totally off the cuff, so I apologize if it's if it's a little bit um, scatterbrained. But I was thinking about how you know. Um, the, the experience of some of these people that I've, that I've met lately yeah. uh, walking into an evangelical church and like what, what I've heard was they just looked at us like we were just sinners, you know, and, and because our sin, and this is me th- kind of like thinking through their thought process as, as I was understanding it, that like their sin was so obvious because because they're they're standing there with somebody that the Bible says you know men and women should be together and 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 that that's that's God's way for us to live yes and amen to that yeah biblically yeah absolutely but like what if the rest of us walked into church with I looked at pornography written on our shirt or I lusted after a woman written on our shirt or I am not tithing written yeah. on our shirt or you know I I I said something unkind to my wife this week yeah you know on something the, like that right written on our church and like I I would love to do that um not not for me because like that would just that would be so um, difficult for me to walk in with that on and I just wonder like how difficult it is. For somebody who the Lord is wooing them, yet they're in a, a, a lifestyle that is not honoring to the Lord. Yeah. For them to actually walk into a place where God is being worshipped and for people to just look at them like that. And that would be the same way, I think, as if you walked into Glass City on Sunday yeah. and you had every sin that you had committed that week, whether it was a sin of omission or a sin of commission, written on your shirt. And I, and I think it would be really good for Christians who treat people that sin differently than them. Um, it would be a good exercise for them to to learn some humility and to learn some grace. Yeah. Uh, and that was just, I mean, that was between Finley and, and Lima today. I was just thinking about that and, and, and just praying about it because I do want our church to be a church where anyone can come, you know, and we're not going to affirm sin in anyone's life. Yeah. No, no more if there is a, a you know, a same-sex couple that walks in. Uh, or if the guy in the you know in the front row is is you know selling coke to kids outside on the street you know like but no one sees it yeah um, because God sees it all mm-hmm. and and man I really I, I know we're not there as a church and I really want us to get there hmm. 
um, because we're, we're, like Jesus says, we're called to be witnesses in a world that hates us because they hated him. Mm. So let's, 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 let's put on our big boy pants and start like showing grace the way God does. Yeah. I mean, in Jesus, looking at Jesus's uh, ministry and hanging out with the, the sinner, hanging out with the the prostitute and the people who were just the low of the lows, um, tax collectors. Everyone treated them like garbage. People who were hated. Yeah. Um, and he hung out with them. Yeah. Uh, and he, um, I was listening to a, a book recently where uh, they said that obviously Jesus didn't have a, a temporary or a, um, a permanent place of residence uh, when he started his ministry. Right. Um, and he, but there's a, there's a good chance that he had a, a temporary um, situation or a temporary um, deal made with someone some way uh, where he had residence at a place that might have been temporary. Yeah, when he stayed at Peter's um, Peter's mother-in-law's house. And yeah, stuff like and that. things yeah. like that. And yeah. so um, Zacchaeus, I mean, that would have been living large, man. Yeah, let's be honest. Like he's got yeah. a hot tub in his in his ensuite bathroom. <laughs> yeah, with his aqueduct. Ooh. Yeah. Anyways, um, but no, I uh, that felt really good when you said that. I don't know why. It just aqueduct. it just it made me feel really. Just really good. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but no, like. Th- Death, so did I throw you off there? I'm you sorry. did. You did. <laughs> I do that a lot. You lost my uh, train of thought. Choo choo. Um, but no, so, I mean, when we look at Jesus's, the way that he did ministry, um, the way that he hung out with those people, and, and it wasn't just a simple hanging out, it was befriending oh, yeah. them. Because. It wasn't tolerating we lose that, them. We lose that yeah. context, like we talk about often. Yeah. We lose the context between. Uh, Jews in that era, in that time period, having dinner with someone was essentially becoming friends and and trying to be friends with someone. Um, So giving them that much attention and that much time uh, repeatedly, multiple times, uh, that the Pharisees accused him of being a drunkard and a glutton. Sure. Um, It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that he he stooped so low um, in our world that the son of God who's perfect and sinless was called a sinner by people who that, that's just crazy were to me. blind. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely. Um, well, just in, in the way that he just didn't care about the things that weren't important. You know, he didn't care about people's opinions Yeah, um, because he wasn't sinning, you know, and I understand, you know, avoid giving the, giving the appearance of sin. Yeah, There's wisdom there for sure. We're not saying, we're not saying, you know, just, do whatever you want, like hang, no, you know. but I, but I think I think that we make far more mistakes try being overly, overly afraid of that, yeah. than 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 we you know it's like I'd I'd rather love somebody and get judged for it, than just completely you know sin of omission like failing to love them, yeah, um and and that's and I I I mean I've I've been doing I've been in ministry for what nineteen years now. Which is a really long time. Um, my 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 ministry life could go up to Windsor and, and gamble at the casino. That's pretty cool to think about. But you know, yeah. I, and I've I've pushed a lot of buttons over the years um, because e- either just out of ignorance, like it just just not knowing or, or or not caring. And and you know, I I regret the times that I that I let the fear of man prevent me from being obedient to God much more than the times where I where I stepped on toes and maybe you know maybe rub someone the wrong way yeah. and and i mean right or wrong that's that's the conviction uh that i feel um and and i i i would much rather get to you know to the judgment seat of christ and not that i'm i'm trying to depict exactly what it's going to be like but like you know i'd rather you know man you you, you kind of love people too much i don't i don't feel like that's going to be uh something that gets said yeah but i think that, that it is going to be man you really failed to love people because you were too afraid of what other people would think mm. Yeah, no, and I, so when we when we look at that 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 Martin Luther quote, um, "Peace is possible, truth at all costs." Um, how do we stand? How do we how do we do that? How do we be Christ-like in that? How do we stand on truth? Because Jesus never um, punted on truth; he Mm-mm. was the embodiment of he was truth. Um, how do we how do we stand on truth um, and be a model of truth, but also um, be kind, also love people, um, like we're talking about. I mean, it it, it comes down practically. Well, it's 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 how you set the trajectory of your day. Like you want to have truth in you. You want to have truth on your mind, on your heart, 
coming out of your mouth. Um, it's it, you're not going to have something come out of you that wasn't in there to begin with. You know the whole Amy, Amy Carmichael, bleh, Carmichael. Uh, you, you know, spill the cup of coffee. Yeah, if you got a, if you got a cup of of clear pure water, and oh, then someone water? bumps you. Was coffee? No, it's not coffee. It's oh, water. Sorry, it's sweet water versus bitter water, and and so filling your filling your heart up with that. Oh, just, I'm thinking just, of a different analogy. You are. I'm thinking of a better one. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's that. It's you. You start your day off like that. You, yeah. you, you continually refill. Uh, you well, you don't you don't refill you. The Lord refills you. But you go to the, you know, the I, spring. Like, um, probably over the past five years or so, they've uh, they've they've been putting all these water fountains in at airports that have like a water bottle filling component to it. They have one of those at the YMCA. Well, there you go. And yeah. and what's nice about it, because you can't you can't bring a bottle of water through security, but you can bring an empty an empty water bottle. And so like but just just going throughout your day and looking and even even um, um, engineering your day around having those periodic refilling moments mm-hmm. where you're just you're reminding yourself. I mean, for me, I've got you know, like alarms on my phone and things like that, where it's like reminding me to ask the Holy Spirit to fill me. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm lacking in the Holy Spirit, but it's the same thing as in Acts 4, where, you know, the Holy Spirit filled them. They were filled with the Spirit and they rejoiced and they asked God for more opportunities to suffer. Like we need to model our lives after that. And so, so your question of speaking truth, well, first of all, you know, live, live your faith, you know, don't compromise on it. Don't, don't try to be some edgy Christian who, 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 like you said, punts on, on truth or, or tries to be, you know, going back to the, the really, it's not old. I think it came out in 04, but the Carrie Oberbrunner book, you know, um, uh, the journey towards relevance mm-hmm. back when relevance was like a real, like a hot, a hot topic word, you know, where, um, we, you know, missional then took that over and like all these other things, but it's, it's not being a separatist where we're afraid of the world and retreating from it. It's yeah. not being a conformist where we, you know, let, let culture inform and, and shape us, but it's being a transformist. Well, in order to be a transformist, you got to be transformed. You got to step into it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't transform something that you have not been transformed by yourself. And so, um, yeah, truth. I mean, but you don't, again, you're not the truth police. Yeah, like I was listening to um, uh, Francis Chan uh, spoke at Moody uh, Bible College. I think it was about a week ago at their Founders Day event, and he was talking about how he was in um, he was in Myanmar, uh, Burma, and he was with a guy who was an egalitarian, uh, and he's a complementarian. And it's I mean that's not a, it's not a primary issue. You know there are people who love Jesus. I mean it's it's not, and and I'll. I'll debate that if you want, but um, <laughs> there are people who love Jesus who don't share the same convictions on egalitarian complementarianism. If you don't know what that is, that's okay. Don't worry about it, or go look it up later. I'm not getting into it right now. But he said it bothered him, but then he he thought we're both here for the same reason. Mm-hmm. We're not here to 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 debate uh, church ecclesiology. You know, we're we're here. To, to love people and to share the gospel with them. And they're like, I mean, he said every single person that he touched in this village in Burma got healed, which he had never seen that before. Oh, wow. And like, so he's seeing all these things that God's doing, and he's working alongside this guy that where they have that as a, as a disagreement in theology. And, and, um, and so I think that, I think that we can take a lesson from that. Like we don't have to have a hundred percent agreement with everyone on everything in order to partner with him in the gospel. Hmm. If Jesus is Lord, if the Bible is true, you know, if, if the Holy Spirit is real, if, if salvation, the only way to salvation is through Christ, we believe in the Trinity, we believe, you know, these primary closed-hand issues. Um, and so, and I, and I just say that uh, to come back to the fact that I've got tons of friends that we disagree on secondary or, or tertiary issues. Yeah. Doesn't mean we can't learn from each other, or, and it also doesn't mean that we can't glorify God together. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I also realize that for some people, some of those secondary issues get creep; they creep up into the primary issue mm-hmm. kind of uh, realm, yeah. and uh, and that's okay. And and I mean, I'm I've not always um, agreed with what I just said. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, when I met my wife, uh, I was I was egalitarian. Oh um, wow! Yeah, this was I mean, we met 16 years ago, so it was a, you know quite a while ago. But um, I guess I was I wasn't really I wouldn't have even known that term though I I just mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't understand the biblical distinction uh, between men's and women's roles in the church um, and she's she actually brought me over to that side and so um, it's also arrogant to think that we have it all figured out now yeah. because in ten years fifteen twenty years 
we may we may have some some new understandings that maybe shape the way that we think a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's not that God changes, not that the word changes, but but maybe you know I wasn't always you know Calvinist, Arminian, Calminian, you know continuationist, cessationist. I mean, yeah. like like come on, like let's 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 understand that progressive sanctification is called progressive because it's progressive. Yeah. I mean, and I I can see that very clearly in my own life. I used to be a cessationist. Oh um, right, yeah, yeah. Um, I I used to think that the spiritual gifts didn't you know continue and that. Um, I, w- I was very, very leery of anything that has to do with the Holy Spirit. Um, and it was, it was father and son and Holy Bible. That was it. Oh yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but yeah, that's where, um, I, I've seen a lot of growth. And I, so I, I, I agree with yeah. you, um, that it is a, but some people make know, that into a primary years. issue. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so five, 10 years from now, I wonder um, what my convictions will be. Um, sure. Because we, we are continuing, hopefully, we're all continually. Well, if we believe that the Bible never stops informing us, never yeah. stops transforming us, we, we can't possibly be arrogant enough to think that we're not going to learn new things and, and understand things more fully. Yeah. And I think it's dangerous to think, I've got it all. I've... I've arrived. Yeah. I figured it all out, yep. and we are good to go. I'm gonna set up my little my little soapbox here. I'm gonna set up my little shingle out there, you know, where you can come up to me and you can ask me, and I will give you every answer, and it'll always be 100 percent fully, truly, you know, the the end all of, yeah. of of scriptural knowledge and understanding. Like that's just arrogant. Yeah, and that's not and that's not to say that. Um, you can't know things. It's not to say that because I think there's that's the the other. You get either too bogged down in in the the non essentials, um, sure. or you can you can just kind of cop out and say, "Well, we really can't know." Well, what's what's crazy about that? A couple, uh, two two and a half weeks ago, it was two weeks ago today. Actually, um, I was uh, I was um, I'd, I I written back and forth with a, a singer songwriter uh, named Derek Webb, um, and he called me uh, because I had asked him some questions. And uh, we talked for 43 minutes on the phone, which was like for two dudes to talk on the phone for that long. Yeah. It's kind of weird, especially two guys. I mean, you know, I met him. You, talked to, Dar- you talked to Derek Webb? Yeah. Yeah, what? I did. And then I sent my wife a screenshot of the, of like the, the call screen and it was a Nashville number and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, who was that? I'm like, oh, it's D Webb, you know, but like, I mean, he, he pretty famously fell away from faith. Yeah. And, uh, but what's interesting is that, um, you know, some of the statements that he was making as we were, t- and we were, it was a very friendly conversation. Yep. You know, I was not there to try to change his mind. Um, I was, I mean, we even talked about some of our, you know, reformed theological baggage and things like that. And, yep. and um, a lot, a lot of the cultural things that we both agree are, are not very Christ-like uh, in, in the, in the church. But um, I mean, he was talking about how like, and the diff- this is, this is getting to your point. The difference is we never, like Jesus never changes. You know, he's always the same. God is always the same. God, the Father, uh, the the Holy Spirit, you know, always working, always empowering, always gifting, all of those things. And so when we start to change the divinity of Christ or the inerrancy of Scripture or the, you know, the, the role of, 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 of the Christian in the world, things like that, mm-hmm. now we get into trouble. Yeah. And now we start having some real funky, you know, kind of transition, uh, deconstructions, as, as yeah. the, that's the hot word of the day. Um, but I but I asked him. I said, "So if you deconstructed your faith for, or you deconstructed your identity away from the church, away from the Bible, away from Christ, what are you con- reconstructing it around?" Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really you, you. I don't know that he's been asked that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "Well, you know, uh, cause and effect was one of the things he said, and you know, whatever is observable." And and I'm thinking to myself, dude, you just got married. I, I can't. You can't observe love. Yeah. You know, you can observe acts of love, mm-hmm. but the actual emotional feeling and the draw and the and the, you know, the magnetism, uh, you can't observe that. You can't. You can't qual- quantify that. Uh, but I didn't throw that out there because I want to have another conversation. You know, yeah. and, I, and I don't want to just be the guy who just shoots people down all the time either. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I had truth I could have shared at that moment, um, but. Through the spirits leading, I believe, um, we'll have that conversation again. You know, uh, 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 down the road, down the yeah. line, and uh, so it's it's tricky though, man. And you got to just trust that you know you got that's what you start with the trajectory, 
of filling your heart, filling your mind with truth, going to the fountain, uh, getting filled up, and then, man, you, you, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. Like, you just got to listen for him, but he's going to lead you. Mm-hmm. And I think being tactful um, in that, you know, we don't want to compromise, um, but we want to know who we're talking to um, and, and be sensitive to the Spirit's leading, like you said, um, in order to, to have those conversations um, where we don't agree um, or we, we on, on secondary issues or we agree, we disagree on, on primary issues. Let's say someone's not a believer. Because um, my second kind of, my other thought was, um, or question I should say, what role does the Holy Spirit play in the life of a believer in sharing Jesus and walking uh, out their faith as a as a Christian. And that's a that's a wonderful wonderful question. Um, and I think that thanks. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, well, you know, I, a lot of times me as a, as an Enneagram eight, uh, I don't necessarily think to verbalize, but I still feel the thankfulness. You know, I still feel oh, the well, the appreciation. And you as a two, I like enjoy feeling you. appreciated. Yeah. And so we're just we're just having a, a you know a happy a happy moment over here. Um, <laughs> The, the role the Holy Spirit plays is whatever is, is essentially the role that the Holy Spirit will play versus the Holy the role that we allow or invite him to play. Hmm. Because you can ignore that voice all day long. Or you can, even worse, you cannot believe that it's even there, so you're not even listening for it. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, it's talking, uh, the analogy I gave yesterday of uh, when uh, when a buddy of mine uh, came over and we were replacing the, the kitchen faucet, and we were just beating the tar out of the old one, trying to get it out because we couldn't get that that nut that's like the you know the that holds the the old one on. It's really hard to get at it because yeah. first of all, you're sticking your head under a sink, you know, with with cleaners and all you know, whatever. It's Would all you say you cluttered. tried everything in the kitchen sink? Oh man, that was really nice. Um, so not having the access, you know, having a really hard access to that to be able to loosen it and to be able to pull pull the old fixture out. Um, and then put the new fixture in and then trying again to try to get up right up flush against it um, with in a very cumbersome um, situation um, and then getting done and seeing that they, they actually had this tool it was like a it was like a gray kind of like cylinder that had a a fitting on the end of it that fit right into that that hard to screw in piece um, that makes it just so much easier yeah so not knowing not knowing or not believing that that tool is there for us it was not knowing that it was there because it took us three hours but um well my wife laughed from the living room it was really fun so mocking you from the couch well you know or maybe just being entertained hopefully i'll give her the benefit (laughs) of the doubt on that but so and and i told that not not as an exact parallel but but certainly the principle there is god promises the holy spirit you know jesus says i'm not going to sit i'm not going to leave you as orphans i'm going to send the holy spirit as your helper well you gotta, you gotta, you gotta turn to the helper. Yeah. You know, if the helper's standing there, but you're not listening, you know, then then what good is is even even knowing that? And so the role is uh, for leading, for empowering, for. I mean, I'm, I might turn some people off here, but I mean, I've been having conversations with complete strangers, and the Holy Spirit will will help me to know something about them that will um, that I couldn't know any other way. And in, in, in sharing that and asking about it, and it's always you ask questions, you don't make statements, but in asking, hey, uh, is this true? You know, or is this, is this going on? And, you know, I really feel like maybe this is happening. And, and, and you know, sometimes it's totally off. But you got to take that risk because, because you know, God, God, God honors that risk. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then that kind of hyper-focus, it kind of like, it, it draws them in. Because they're like, well, wait a second. This isn't just a regular conversation. Yeah, you know, this there's something supernatural going on here, and and this is this is important, and this is worth my my uh, you know my attention. And so, yeah, the Holy Spirit will will first of all highlight people. Absolutely highlights people. Uh, so, what do you mean by that? Like putting people on the brain? Yeah, I mean, in in my experience, um, as recently as last week, but you know, over over the past couple of years, there will be somebody that you just notice. Almost yeah. like they're they're wearing like one of those like, you know that when when road crews have like those like orange highlighter color shirts on, yeah. it's almost like that where it's just it's just your 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 awareness of them is heightened. Mm-hmm. Um, I describe it like you know the the portrait mode on iPhones where it kind of blurs out a lot of things and then really hyper focuses on on the on the main principle of the of the photo. Um, 
and, and it can be in a, in a number, in a variety of ways. And, and I don't, I, I hesitate to give, you know, super specifics because the Holy spirit can work however he wants to work. But, but just being aware, like being like paying attention and, and looking, um, just looking to, uh, looking at every, uh, every opportunity, every conversation, every, you know, and after a while, it just becomes more natural. It's some, it, but it's, it's something you learn to do. Yeah. And, and like anything, you know, after a while, it's, it's, it's second nature. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and also, you know, as you're learning this, this supernatural kind of language, like, uh, communication, whatever, it's like anything else where the more that you pursue it, the more that you, the more experience you have, uh, the easier it is to identify. Yeah. But yeah, God, the Holy Spirit will help you, will, you know, empower you, will, um, give you courage. You know, when you, you're not walking into these situations by yourself, you're walking in with God, the Holy spirit. Yeah. By the way, he's part of the Trinity, you know, like by the way, you know, creation. Yeah. He was out there hovering over the water. You know, I mean like, so, so just, just really getting comfortable with and, and acknowledging the reality of all of that um, Mm -hmm. is, is, is a game changer, man. Yeah. And I I think the, because even in less, um, less spectacular means so to speak um where yeah i don't i've I've never heard an audible voice from the lord sure um but i i I believe that the lord can do that sure he he does and i believe he does do that yeah absolutely Um, and so i even from a less spectacular moment like the you know the 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 heavens crack open when jesus is like when jesus is baptized right the the sky cracks open and a voice comes from heaven and um, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. Yeah, like and remains. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and so, I uh, when I think about this in, in a less, like I said, spectacular event kind of thing. Sure. Um, I think that I don't know bringing people up in on the brain. Um, oh in sure. A, in just you know random. Oh, I wonder how's how, that not spectacular though. I yeah, and I guess the language on that needs to be changed a little bit because it is like that's, well, it's like people yeah. say miracles don't happen every day, and and yet there's babies born, yeah, and there's people getting saved, yeah. How's that not miraculous? Yeah, like, because it's 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 an act of God. Absolutely, it couldn't happen without him. Yeah, and I guess I guess my 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 uh, verbiage on that needs to change then, um, because I I've even when people you know you ask someone what their testimony is, they're like, oh, it's nothing, nothing, nothing special, nothing crazy. I'm like, God saved you were dead. Yeah. And now you're alive. Dead in your sins and transgressions, and God made you alive. Like, how how was that not spectacular? So I guess you're right on that. Um, but um, anyways. Well, and, and, and just, just to kind of cap that off, yeah. um, normally when the gifts of the Spirit are, are, are you know, seen, are, are manifest, right? Yeah. Um, for somebody who, who's new to that, they seem really, you know, it seems really spectacular. Mm-hmm. And then as you're operating in those gifts over time, it now becomes, I believe, it becomes more more normal mm-hmm. because it's not like the Holy Spirit ever goes away and comes back. Yeah. And so he's always there and, and he's all about glorifying Christ. Like that's his, that's his MO, man. Mm-hmm. And so why would he not be continually doing that? you know, for the glory of God, not, not, not to be some Steve Martin, you know, leap of faith, you know, are you ready for a miracle? That, that whole thing. But, but, you know, um, one of the, one of the guys I worked with early on, I mean, he used to talk about being naturally supernatural and, and just, you know, under it's, it's because it's, it's, it is our identity. We yeah. just need to embrace that part of our identity as, as not, it, it's, it's not just something that, that comes along every, every enlightenment, you know, um, that's again. That's my opinion, but but I've certainly seen that bear out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the overall empowerment of the spirit to do anything, um, anything in the Christian life. Um, we can't obey God. We can't be faithful apart from God. Yeah, um, yeah. Like it's crazy to we we tend. I don't know if you're anything like me. I sometimes forget that. Um, I don't know. You're you're way more spiritual than me. No, so. I'm not. <laughs> um, but. But no, like we, we as Christians, I forget that often um, that we can't even do the things that God wants us to do without Him helping us along. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, mm. and He gave us the Helper because we need the Helper. Yeah, He doesn't just rain out 
gifts on us that we that are just superfluous. Yeah, like they are they're absolutely essential to us, you know, doing the mission that that Christ has. Uh, first of all, um, you know, he he initiated, mm-hmm. and then and then commissioned us to carry on. Why would he give us the Spirit if we didn't need him? Yeah, and that's why that's where I that's where I really you know have a hard time understanding the the cessationist argument because like do do we need the spirit any less now than we did in the first century? Mm-hmm. No, are we are we more are we more holy and spiritual in and of ourselves? No, like and well, plus the Bible never says it's going to end, and so you know like all of that to say like man, we we. We're out there swinging a, a Fisher Price hammer when we've got a whole garage full of power tools, and and it and it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you think about it objectively. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, well, let me ask you this: so, this your whole sermon the other day was talking about persecution um, and and being in faithfulness in persecution, right? Um, so Jesus is warning them, uh, them being the disciples, uh, that. Hey, you're gonna have persecution. Um, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Um, and, and with that, um, the world hating them. Um, how how does God honor our faithfulness in in the advancement of His kingdom, living life on on mission? That the buzzword life life on mission, right? Um, but when we when we're when we're functioning as we're supposed to, um, and I think we often sweep evangelism under the rug um we don't want to look at it because it's scary and it's intimidating and all these other things because we make it about us yeah absolutely yeah um but how does god honor um how does god honor our faithfulness in the advancement of his kingdom yeah and i and i saw this question earlier when you sent it to me and i purposely didn't write out an answer because i I really wanted to um just just answer it um in the moment Mm -hmm. um i didn't want it to be some canned you know pat answer um, I think the first way uh, that he honors uh, that is he he grows us like mm. like through being faithful in in the midst of of persecution or in the midst of pushback. Yeah, um, man, it strengthens us. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Paul Paul said, you know, I, I am I am um, pressed, but I'm not crushed. Mm-hmm. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. And you know, and 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 as we are faithful to God's command he's he's growing us and strengthening us because um and and he's also um fostering a newfound understanding of and appreciation for relying on the spirit like it the best place for us to be is fully relying on the spirit yeah and so when we get put in positions i mean you even think about you know suffering uh you know not that i don't think anyone in america is necessarily suffering the way that they are around other parts of the world but you just think about suffering Think about health suffering. You know how many how many uh, believers, when they're put in a position where they you know they're the, the idol of, of of health is no longer uh, it, it, the myth has been debunked so to speak. And like, no, all I have is Christ. Yeah. Like and their strength, their their, their faith just grows, mm-hmm. and it's and it's it's also infectious. You know, it, it's it's um, contagious to be around somebody who's suffering a, a health issue, and seeing their their faith growing. I mean, how some of the some of my most um, difficult emotionally, but encouraging spiritually, uh, just encounters are are in hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when we are faithful to do what God has commanded us to do, He honors that by strengthening us in our faith. Um, it's a whole, you know, we act like evangelism is all about the other person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. Um, yeah. Because I don't care if I get called every name in the book when I'm trying to just lovingly um, give someone the hope of the gospel. Um, it strengthens my faith too, because mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, you know what? I'm not I'm not like dead right now, you know, and I'm not, you know, I haven't been just completely destroyed. Yeah, I was pressed, but I wasn't crushed. Mm-hmm. You know, I was persecuted, but not abandoned. You know, um, so it just even because there's something about knowing. Uh, actually, Chan talked about this again in that Moody uh, address he gave last week. You know, there's something about knowing something, but you don't really fully know something until you're obeying it. Mm-hmm. You know, because otherwise it's just in theory instead of instead of in practice. Yeah. A- and you know, I can say all day long, I believe that that chair is going to hold me, but until I sit down in it, there's a different 
that's a whole different level of, of knowing something and understanding something and embracing something. And so really, I mean, there's so much to be gained. I think that's why the church is so weak and is because we, we're just afraid. And if we would just be obedient and actually trust that God's promises are true, I think our faith would be stronger. And I mm-hmm. think, I think our church would be, you know, more vibrant. And I don't mean like our church alone. I mean, say our church. church yeah. yeah. At least the American church, uh, to be sure. Um, because, you know, we're again, kind of blown it in, in evangelism. I would say there's a lot of sin of, of omission going on. Yeah. And because of a fear of a sin of commission, like, you know, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do something wrong or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to misspeak or I'm going to whatever. And like, man, that's just never a, a fear of fear of, you know, blowing it is never an excuse for, for sins of omission. Yeah. And every single day that we're not sharing our faith is a sin of omission, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit's always going to give us, you know, these opportunities every single day. So I don't, I don't mean that literally, but I do mean, you know, if, if six months have gone by and you've not seized any opportunity to bring hope into a, a, a situation where, where the gospel is not being um, enjoyed and, and, you know, embraced, mm-hmm. I, I really have a hard time thinking that the Holy Spirit hasn't given you opportunities in six months to do that. Yeah. And, and because, I, I, again, maybe it's just me. But I certainly know that he's giving me those opportunities on a regular basis. Yeah. And I don't always take them. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I'm not I'm not here, you know, looking down my nose at anybody else. Uh, I know that for me, too, I mean, I'll have my days where it's just like I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. I've actually turned around and driven back to places where I felt the Holy Spirit's leading to to engage someone with the gospel. Yeah. And uh, felt like I was in too big of a hurry. Mm-hmm. And then gotten down the road and being like, that was so wrong. Mm-hmm. Turned around, went back, and they were gone. I was like, man, like it, it's happened to me more than more than a few times. And so I, I don't say this in, in a judgmental way, but more in an encouraging way. Like God honors obedience; He blesses obedience. He He you know He He gives more opportunity uh, when when those those opportunities are being are being taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I'm scared to death that I would ever just fail to be obedient to the point where God's like, okay, well, obviously he's not going to actually do anything. And then, uh, I mean, I don't know that theologically that would, that would line up with where I land, but, mm-hmm. um, it certainly is, is a, is a very troubling thought that, you know, okay. It was just like, just like giving, you know, when, when people are blessed, they're blessed to bless others. And so all of a sudden, if there's a, if there's a cork in that bottle and no, nothing's ever being poured out of it, but everything's being poured into it. I got to believe that, you know, if we put ourselves in a position to bless others, he's going to bless us so that we can. And that's yeah. not name it or claim it. That's not, you know, that's not prosperity gospel, but that is like, look at the, the parable of the talents, you know, he's like, oh man, you took five and you made it 10. Oh my gosh. You took 10 and made it 20. Oh, you took one and, and you, you buried, buried it? it. Yeah. Which one of those is the good and faithful servant? Yeah. So I'm going to sneeze. So I'm going to mute my mic. Perfect. Um, no, I, so bless you. Yeah, thank you. Two. That's um, right. Yeah, double blessing. Double blessing. Um. Th- anyways. Um. No. I. I. W- as I was writing out this question, I. I'm thinking of the idea of of wonder. Um. God blesses uh, our faith and honors our faithfulness in this regard. By producing in us wonder and awe. Yeah. Um. It just like a just like a job. Um, cause I, cause I know when we do this, we're going to face opposition mm-hmm. at, at some point, maybe in the, you know, maybe in our current context, we're not getting beheaded like other Christians around the world. Um, uh, maybe we're not getting our cars lit on fire and stuff like that. Buildings sure. vandalized. Maybe it doesn't look like that, but maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's just opposition in the, the form of disagreement. Um, maybe it's opposition in, uh, more aggressive means. Um, but we're going to face opposition at some point if we're being faithful to all that God has called us to do and be mm-hmm. um, like you mentioned in the sermon. Um, but also that um, when we're facing that, um, just like a Job, like God could have left, as Bob Sorge said, um, God could have left Job alone. Mm. Um, he could have. Um, but those things happened to Job and God allowed those things to happen to Job um, and worked those things out so that Job would understand who God was more fully. Yeah. Um, that he would be able to look at God's bigness and immensity and think, 
hmm, I am this tiny little thing in in you know the greater picture of all that that God who all who God is, and I have a massive God. Yep. Um, and I think that that's that's lacking in in our regard. We don't believe that at least functionally. Um, or else we would be having those, the asking, waking up in the morning and praying and, and thinking, Lord, who can I share the faith, my faith with today? Well, have you, have you ever, so here, you're here in Northwest Ohio, uh, in Ohio, in Michigan, um, there's a big rivalry between Ohio State University and Michigan, right? And if you ever wore an Ohio State jersey in Ann Arbor, you would be getting just nasty looks and maybe some comments and things like that, right? Like, I want that. That's how I think about this whole like, if you're not getting pushback from a world that hates you because they hate Christ and Christ is in you, mm-hmm. um, you know, may, maybe, maybe you're just a little too undercover yeah. uh, about it. You know, you're a little too covert in your, in your Christianity. Um, for me, that's, that's how I think of it. Um, I think of, you know, just, just situations where, you know, if, if, if people don't know you're a Christian, and that's not to say that you just wear the Jesus Freak t-shirt every day or anything like that. WWJD bracelets. Right, right. Um, Although nothing's wrong with those. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and man, I'll tell you what, if it helps you remember, uh, you know, to, to, live, to live for Christ, then, then all the more power to it. But that, that's, I think that's why it's so hard to, for us to engage with this particular portion uh, of John 15 is because uh, for a lot of us, myself included, um, we're, we're the undercover brother, you know, in, in a lot of ways, we're not, we're not actually walking out and, and, um, because we feel like we have to apologize for our faith mm-hmm. and there's no, there's no need to apologize for, for the, the, the way, the truth and the life. Like that's actually, if you're, if you've got, if you've got the, the miracle drug to cure cancer and you're walking into the oncology ward of Toledo hospital and you're not making it rain, yeah, <laughs> you know, like that, 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 that doesn't make any sense. But yet we, we have the, the only hope that there is to have. And, and it's like we, we need to make apologies for it or we don't want to we don't want anyone to um, be offended by it. And, and again, coming back full circle to what we started talking about. Yeah, we shouldn't offend people by the way that we do things uh, because the message is going to offend them. We don't want to offend them with the method so that they don't actually hear the message. Yeah, no, I I think that's um, a good place to be. Um, I think when. <clears throat> When we're looking, excuse me, I keep coughing today. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, but I think th- having that wonder, having that awe, um, will not only benefit us, um, but also the people who were around. Um, in in oh, so being not only a witness with words, but also with our actions of hey, this this person actually believes what they say, mm-hmm. um, and it's real. Um, it's not just this ethereal theological head knowledge uh, idea facts. It's 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 legit. It's real. Um, so having like a practical, um, not practical, but a, a very visceral, if you will. Um, I will. Thank you. Yes. Uh, picture of uh, God and His faithfulness and in, in the life of that believer. Um, so. Well, if we don't, if we don't believe. I guess, I guess for me, again, and I speak all of this from my own process, my own journey, my own, you know, like, discovery. But, like, you know, if we don't believe that it's essential for everyone, do we really believe it's essential for us? Mm. You know, is it is it holding that place in our in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, uh, that it is like, man, this is the only, this is my only hope. And if it's my only hope, then, then we know it's, because we know our sin better than anyone else does, right? And, um, we can only see the sin that people show. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so we, we got to also believe that there's other sin there. And, and, and so if, if, if it's not good news for me, um, am I really taking my sin seriously? Mm-hmm. And if, if, if I do believe that it's good news for me because I am taking my sin seriously, we got to also take it seriously that other people need it too. And so really it comes down, it's fundamentally, um, do I really believe that this is good news? Because if I do, how can I not share that with other people? You know, you think about the Super Bowl. I mean, my my social media feeds get all filled up on on Super Bowl Sunday night with everyone just just you know celebrating that their team scored a touchdown. Yeah. You know, we get we just get like lit up over over this this good news that our team's winning. 
but the gospel is better news than any football game. Yeah. And yet it's we're life-saving. if we're if we're not lit up over over you know our our hearts being regenerated and our our lives being transformed and our eternities being completely altered. Um, you know, from, from the moment that we come to know Christ until the time that we get to be face to face with him, like that's, that's gotta hold, that's gotta hold some weight, a lot of the most weight I would Mm -hmm. say. Um, and so if we're not sharing that with other people, I don't know that we're necessarily celebrating that for ourselves. Yeah. Because there's also, I mean, there's an urgency, um, that we have, um, while there's also tactfulness and, and being sensitive to the spirit, there's, there's an urgency, um, that we have to share, the life giving news of the gospel to people who were he- he- running headlong into the other side of eternity. Um, right. And Spurgeon said it best. He said, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees, imploring them to stay. Yep. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in, <clears throat> in the filled in the teeth of our exertions and let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. Right. Yeah. And I think and I think just to cap that off as well, we're not called to make converts. We're called to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Converts is, is Jesus' job. You know, yeah. is that that's that's his department. Um we don't have anything that can save anyone of our, in and of ourselves, but but the gospel does. And so again, we gotta go into it with the expectation that the world's gonna push back and, and persecute. Mm-hmm. And that's gotta be okay. We got we've gotta come to terms with that and make peace with that. Absolutely. Because it's not it's not personal. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a personal thing when we get rejected with the gospel. Um, but the gospel is a very personal, a very personal hope, and we want every person to have it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you. Uh, this has been the Glass City Church Podcast. And make sure you like us on our social medias and that you're, uh, you're following and subscribing. Thanks for listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. For more info, check out glasscitychurch.org.